0: Hello, and welcome to the Dungeon Masters Guildhouse. Uh, this is a weekly podcast where I, uh, your host, Matthew Whitby, uh, sit down with amazing uh, creators on the DMs Guild to chat about all things creative. And this week, I am, I am absolutely pleasured to be joined by the one and only Anthony Joyce. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Matthew. I know we had to
0: reschedule, but here we are. Yeah, no, here we are. And, and you know, there's, there's no, let's, just, let's just live in the moment. We're here right now. Yeah. We're here to talk about We're DM's here. Guild, and we can we can probably do it. Um, I guess I guess the first question again. So so while I'm quite aware of everything that you're sort of working on, uh, for the people listening, if they're not aware of the sort of products you create, what sort of things are you sort of known for on the DM's Guild?
1: So I am mainly known for adventure writing. Uh, that's kind of like my my specialty. I've I've delved a little bit into creating monster stat blocks here and there, or I've made a subclass, but mainly adventures. Uh, I've done a, a series for Adventures League in the community-created content program called the era of Orcus. I've done, uh, in non-AL adventures, I've done collaborations like Weekend at Strides with Oliver Clegg. I've done the one-on-one Bloodhunter adventure. I've done a lot of collaborations with Justin Armin uh, in the Baldur's Gate line, a series of uh, Fall of Terrell, City Encounters, and things like that. So plethora, but mainly adventure writers, what I yeah. consider myself. Yeah.
0: And, and when exactly did you start? So did you actually start with the sort of Era of Orca series or was, was there was something sort of popped out before that?
1: Yes, no. So if, you, if my real first product on the DMs Guild was really a test product uh, to make sure I could know how to upload things and, yeah. and test them <laughs> before my main one came out. So my first real true one on the Guild is called uh, Narrative Mass Combat Rules and it's okay. just a very simple two page product on mass combat uh how to do that narratively but my my real first adventures and stuff came out 2018 uh november and that was the air of warcus versus 1 and 2 and that was uh for a convention aethercon is the con that sponsored me uh and since then here we are you know yeah. i've been putting them out ever since
0: no i see, see i think what's, what's kind of fascinating is especially like looking at your catalog of titles is is there's there's like I, I, it, it's hard to see it's like you you have a, a complete range of adventure writing so obviously you have the official sort of like um adventure league orcus writing a whole uh, was it like a, a quadrilogy what would you call like a title that's for it
1: it's up, up to we're up to verse four right now yeah, yeah.
0: um so. and and so you have to have that thing where obviously it's like you're working within the adventure leagues not restrictions but their guidelines and the sort of um yeah uh, what they have then on one side you have uh, the Blood Hunter, which is writing for uh, one-on-one, one DM, one player, which is the whole other beast in itself. And then you also throw in, yes. uh, what is it? Uh, Weekend at Strouds, which is... Like, <laughs> 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 I, 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 I'm curious to be, like, there's so much I could ask about any of these three products, but is it all right if we kind of like, almost like dig through them one by one? Sure. Yeah, so, absolutely. So I'm curious then. So like, what what, what were the sort of... Uh, when it came to the Era of Orcus, uh, as, especially as you like your first product, what what was the sort of like driving creative force behind it? When when did it start? What?
1: So um, the Era of Orcus, when I first did that, I, I wanted to write, I was doing playing a lot of Adventures League. I saw the community content program. Um, this is in the earlier stages of that. And I said, you know, it'd be really neat to make an adventure that I know people will play because, you know, AL, they're going to play at conventions, they're going to play. So I, I was kind of like guaranteed I knew people would play it. Um, and my goal with that was with the heir of Orcus, who's the character. It's, uh, she's the female daughter of Orcus, and she's kind of like uh, uh, a Cambian. So she's half Orcus, half a priestess of Tyr, like this holy uh, lineage as well. And I, I kind of want to say, you know, this would be my attempt to, if I could make a canon character for Wizards of the Coast, like this would be it. So I put a lot into like developing a, a really neat character and a storyline to flesh uh, her out and, and just, that was kind of like, if I were to make a, if I was hired by Wizards of the Coast, and I was told to make a character, this would be it. And that's kind of like the whole genesis of that thing. Um, and the first one, the first two were done in pixel art. I thought that'd be cu- kind of cool to like do the old retro video game vibe. And then versus three and four um, are a different art style, a uh, very high production quality. Uh, Cause I just enjoyed investing a lot into that. It's like a personal art project. That I get to put on the wall, if you will. Um, yeah. So, so that's the the idea with the Air of Orcus
0: series. So, I, then I'm curious. Then, so, so how did you find like so as as your sort of first attempt of like writing uh, adventures uh, was the process of uh, working within this sort of like Adventure League format was how how did you find that because i see I think was this was this still with what season was this was this still
1: uh, season eight that was season eight the beginning the beginning mm-hmm. of season eight so. Uh, I will say this to, to newer writers. If uh, I actually found that starting with an Adventures League product was better to hone me as a writer because mm-hmm. I, I was given the closest thing you can get to writing like officially for Wizard of the Coast is mm-hmm. Adventures League. And you have two components in there. You have the actual seasonal storyline Adventures League adventures, which mm-hmm. that you get selected for. Um, and that's very prestigious and then you have the community content program that allows you to to build adventures within the Moonsea region But you have to be sponsored by a convention um, And that's like the next tier, but it's still really you're following the guidelines. You're following all the uh, requirements So I learned how to write really close to the WOTC style guide in that I look I learned to write To a specific times. So in that you have to write either a two hour or four hour. Mm-hmm. So I got really good at gauging how how long an encounter takes Uh, and and the balances that required to make that a timed uh, adventure. So now if you see the Bloodhunter, which is my newest one, I I can have it down to like at the beginning of the chapter says, you know, estimated time, 45 minutes. And that's really pretty accurate because of all the Adventurer's League writing I've done has gotten me
0: to hone uh, in on on timing stuff. And uh, did you get much chance to sort of play test uh, these sort of... Like, and what is your process of sort of testing these sort of...
1: So uh, I've been lucky where it, when I started out, I play tested initially several times amongst uh, friends of mine. I would, I would run it. Yeah. But I, it's gotten to the point where um, I can advertise. I have a group of DMs that play test. So my newer ones, like, <laughs> excuse me, the verse three and four, mm-hmm. if you look in the credits, there's about 11 DMs that play tested this thing. Um, I will give a shout out to the Adventures League admins here. Because in Season 9, they started to reward DMs if they played a playtest module uh, in the CPC program. So that really helped me to get a lot of traction with playtesters. Because you're playing a future Adventures League adventure, and you can get the rewards for that. And so that really helped. For the non adventures League stuff, I still can get playtesters. Just because I've kind of been grooming that
0: uh, over time. Oh, awesome. And so I, I guess as well, so you, you actually was, it touched on like the idea that the sort of Bloodhunter follows not necessarily the same structure, but has the sort of time estimates and stuff like at. My, my My biggest question definitely is, is like, what, what is the biggest challenges for trying to write a like D&D duet? I think was it you, you tried to come up with like the, the perfect tagline for this type of adventure.
1: Was yeah. It- so interestingly enough, I thought when I initially wrote the blood hunter. You know, Icepire. The Jagged of Icepire Peak is built for group play or or one on one play. And then there's several other adventures on the guild that are, you know, you could play as a group, you could play as one on one. So I thought, okay, that's you know, I do the same design that I'm normal, the, normally used to, and I make this one on one adventure. Um, completely wrong. And, and after you know, finding out from my from my end, but not wrong in like if you do it for the group and the one on one, it's a bad thing. That's that's not what I'm saying. I think there's so much more that you can accomplish with going in and saying, I'm designing this as a one-on-one and that's it. Mm -hmm. Because if you build that framework, it's there's so much more depth that you can go into, um, to the narrative, um, to the the story structure, because it's all about one person. And so we don't think about it, but there's a lot of stuff we take out when there's no other people on the table, like Mm decision-making, um, I don't have to worry about the party negotiating with each other on what they're going to do because there's one person and they're making that decision. So it's, it goes a lot quicker. Um, and so because it goes quicker, you have to add more content. So doing a two hour adventure for one-on-one, um, if I had designed that as a group adventure for two hours and you play it as one-on-one, it'd probably take you 30 minutes, 45 minutes, because the combats will go by really fast. Um, the narratives the role playing will go extremely fast but because it's two people the dm and the player like playing ping pong off yeah. each other it's just extremely fast paced um but i will add uh i didn't know this until i did it but designing the adventure with one-on-one but also around a class mm-hmm. i think it just like it adds so much because i as a designer i can design in the aspects of the class features and i could showcase them in every scene of the adventure so it gives you a really immersive um, play. you could do it general, um, but I think if you really focus in on the class, you can just get a lot more out of it
0: yeah, I think again you, you know you particularly you kind of know the the, the class's limitations and
1: yeah. the same
0: way of like was it uh providing sort of like um pre pre generating characters for adventures it's kind of uh-huh. like you, you kind of fill fill slots that uh, people get to sort of play with um, as well as i think if I do remember you do you do actually provide a um Uh, a pre-generated character or is it Uh,
1: not for blood hunter uh so that was actually something so that was an interesting one because you know people said hey are you going to provide a pre-gen do you want to and as a designer i'll tell you why i did not yeah Um, so i started off the adventure at level five because at level five is when you kind of get into the subclass of the blood hunter class that you pick and then you get a little bit of the extra features like extra attack so you get a lot of cool stuff so my thought process was like, this adventure is for somebody who's never played a blood hunter and wants to see what it's about. So they start level five. They could see the subclass they're going to play in a campaign maybe and test it out fully. Um, and I, I knew if I provided a pregen, I would bias the player to pick it. And they wouldn't get to pick from all the blood Bloodhunter uh, subclasses out there. So I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, so I left it out uh, on purpose because I did not want to – you know, there's so many subclasses for the blood hunter that are even made on the DM's Guild by mm-hmm. different creators, and I didn't want to just put three, pick three, and then you know people maybe don't explore their options. So I just kind of left it off the table.
0: Yeah, that that, that kind of makes a lot of sense. I, I imagine as well, it's the sort of thing that at least it works in the blood hunter being like obviously a, a newer class. I imagine like yeah. again to go through that with like a fighter and have to write, or, or even worse, a wizard with all the how many different subclasses there are for wizards. It would be oh yeah, it would be a lot of work. No, I don't, I'm, 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 I'm no, I, it's, it is a sort of like fascinating, fascinating project. And I take it, you found the experience of designing sort of almost creating a bespoke experience for a singular class, quite a, quite a satisfying experience.
1: Yes. Um, I do have plans to write, uh, another second one-on-one adventure. I think, uh, I've talked about it on Twitter. <laughs> It'll be, um, the bard I'm looking at, uh, like, a. A heavy metal bard, tenacious D style, you know, and, and if you saw in blood hunter, I, I, and even weekend at straws, I do a lot with music. I tie it to scenes, um, as a DM, that's kind of like coming from my style as a DM. I spend most of my DM prep just listening to music to fit the scene that I'm going to run. I'm, I think it's very important. Um, so I include that now as a designer. And so my bard adventure when I get to it, um, after all this, craziness in the world kind of settles down I could work a little bit more on that stuff um that's kind of what I want to want to do because I think um I think people want to play one shots uh I think they want to play around the two hour mark Mm -hmm. um and I think most of us want to try different classes but we just don't have the campaigns to do that but it would be nice to play just even one like one shot in this class on this adventure and so that's kind of where I see me doing a little bit more work Mm-hmm. Um, going forward is to produce some of these.
0: So you kind of gave me the sort of the perfect segue there by sort of talking how in, you include a sort of soundtrack through uh, the Bloodhunter and the Weekend of Struts to talk about Weekend of Strouds, which, yeah. I th- I which in itself is like, it's like very, very, like, again, to take Air, Air of Orcus and then sort of compare it tonally to Weekend yeah. of Strouds. It's almost <laughs> a, like two ends of the spectrum. Um, how did you find sort of like yeah. writing that sort of, I don't know. I'd like, I don't want to call it a fever dream. I mean, a fever dream in a nice way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um,
1: I think what I'm beginning to recognize is the demographic of players uh, in our community, right? Very diverse. You have a very diverse range of players, um, all sorts of orientations, genders, ethnicities, um, and and also our age gap has really, uh, you know, really widened. It's, know people in their 70s it's people in their teens and um what i started to notice was this middle group um people just want to have a party they want to have fun um mm-hmm. and so weekend straws was like i want to make a a, a one shot where if you have friends that have never played dungeons and dragons before uh you can bring them over to your house and say hey look we're just going to play this you know give me a chance we're going to i'm going to run dungeons and dragons it's going to be a great time and it's just it's a party at your house. And uh, and the same thing, like finishing Curse of Strahd, that's a very serious, like, it's very oppressive. It can be very dark. And so you beat it. And this is like, uh, hey, we beat Strahd. Let's have a party. And uh, I actually did that when I made Weekend at Strahd. It was actually at the end of my Curse of Strahd campaign. We killed Strahd and then we ran that. I, I was designing it. We play, tested it. Yeah. Um, and so then you have the 80s, which is just so awesome. You know, <laughs> uh, the music, uh, the vibe. So we, you know, I packaged that up and I reached out to Oliver and said, Hey, uh, cause he's the, you know, Ravenloft guy. Right. And mm-hmm. so we kind of talked and we, we put this thing together and it became a party. You know, it's just, you go, you bring stuff to drink, you're drawing Frankenstein pictures of Ronald Reagan. You're <laughs> looking to music, you know, and, uh, I thought I, I think there can be uh, audience that wants more of that type of like one shot party adventures.
0: I, 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 so what was the what was the particular like process of like when you came down to sort of write Weekend at Strouds? Was it just the case of like you just you just like was it easier to sort of fall into that sort of like party style of writing because it almost feels like it's yeah it, it is writing in like a completely different style.
1: Um, it is. Uh, I think it depends on you know, the creator's process. Um, mm-hmm. For me, um, you know, everybody, I, Justice Arvin, for example, uh, who I collaborate with a lot, I, I see his process and he's very organized. Like he'll, we're going to write this adventure, this product, and he'll have like this, you know, extensive notes of like every little thing. And it's almost like the whole thing's writ- pre-written in a skeleton form and you just plug in and, and build the meat. Um, he does that with his sessions too. Like when he DMs, he'll show these are my session notes. So it's almost like five pages. Yeah. So you have people like that that are like very particular and organized. Uh, and, but my style is like the opposite of that. I don't do any outlines for any project I work on, wow. okay. um, which is weird. I yeah. know for some. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. what, I, what I do is I find a tone. So Air of Orcus has a very specific tone. It's, it's dark. It's serious. It's, it's uh, you know, there's a lot of evil in it and scary stuff. Um, Weekend of Shots is very fun, vibrant, 80s, Uh, and even uh, Blood Hunter. It's tied to Witcher, Mandalorian vibes, Mm -hmm. uh, this this Hunter. I go on Spotify and I listen to music for a week or two before I even begin writing. And I'm just like, it's just on loop of like the music and I'm getting the tone and I'm feeling the vibe. And that's kind of how I get prepared is I let the music, I, I have to identify what's the tone. And then I try to link it to music mm-hmm. and I just listen to that and then it helps me to envision what it looks like. And then when I start writing on the paper, it just kind of like flows from that. Um, so,
0: so so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by that that sort of process. Like when, when did you exactly discover that like your writing style is so sort of linked to sort of tone and music? Was it just, you've always sort of been this way or? <clears throat> um, I never knew, uh, like it wasn't like
1: when I first started writing that, that that i did that mm-hmm. um you know I, I think it at first was subconscious uh mm-hmm. but it came i think from my dm style like because i started i was a dm before i was a designer yeah. and when i dm'd again i would sit before the session as i prep it and i would tie it to music because i used roll 20 this is really where it comes from i'm an online dm because uh, in my military i move around a lot i can't really i never had a home group so in Roll20, you have a jukebox that has music. Okay. And so I'm a very visual. If you look at all my products, they're very visual. There's a lot of maps. There's a lot of beautiful art. Again, when I'm uh, an online DM, I used pictures and maps to show the scene. Um, you know, I'm not hand-drawing it on a placemat. Mm-hmm. So to me, the image with the music said everything. Yeah. Um, and so when I started to design adventures, you see that come out where all my products are very – you would call them high production value, but it's really because I, I'm a very, I want people to visualize it. Um, I come from that online DM school of you show stuff to the player, uh, artwork, you're not drawing. No. Um, and then the music, the music tied that. And so as I designed, I took that same DM prep style and,
0: and, uh, it just evolved. No, that's, no that's, that's really sort of fascinating to hear. You, I'm, talking about you can definitely sort of see how like at least with my style and as you sort of mentioned with Justice that, yeah, no, I think the style I write is very much like how I prep for like uh, D&D. It, 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 it's just, it, I hadn't even thought about it, but that's, that's kind of yeah. actually just how, how I guess our brains work in, in that way. And it's kind of fascinating yeah. to see how your work is influenced by the way that you DM on, on sort of like Roll20.
1: yeah i mean because you know there's a lot of creators i talk to that they're like i don't get your why like why do you have all these maps and what do you do this art but we start talking back and forth and we realize you know they're and i get it like i go to conventions now and i totally get it uh like the dyson logo maps when i go to conventions dms are drawing on a placemat and they're drawing very uh austere type graphics they're just Mm -hmm. used to just the squares in the empty room and they describe it so it's funny because you do i think as creators we evolve from that because you start off as a dm a player then a dm yeah and then go to the design it's like an evolution you know uh, and so maybe that all ties together
0: no that's no it's it's it's, it's kind of no it's, it's yeah like i said it is kind of kind of fascinating so I, that kind of does bring me around to my my sort of next question then it's like throughout the process then is is the sort of like the sort of like listening to music for a week is that your favorite part of the process or is there something that you sort of like find most satisfying? Um,
1: I love, yeah, I love the visualization phase cause I'm seeing it come to life. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, so I think my favorite part is the developing the idea, the tone, the concept, the theme and tying it together. Um, I find that very enjoyable. And then as I write, um, I really enjoy that. I will say, I think, I'll speak for myself at the end. I'm almost like, I want to kill the the adventure, you know, like if there was a bathtub, I could drown it. And I, I do the adventure <laughs> and I <I'd> jump, <drown> <laughs> you know, but like, cause you know, and then you finally get over that hurdle of you're done, you know, you, you get into editing, um, and whatnot. Um, but I will say, uh, another part of the favorite process that I have is, is just working with others. Um, if you look at my, any of my products, my credits page, um, I don't have a solo product that like just is me. Uh mm-hmm. I don't I think that a team is, is extremely important. I think they add a lot of value. I think I learn a lot from them and uh working with people that are not like me helps me to grow as a creator. So uh, that's also a, a part I highly value, enjoy and I would recommend others do as well is seek out working with other people. Um so
0: actually, it. That, 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 that feels like a, a sort of good question to sort of pin on with because you do have, you, you like you've worked a lot with both was it, Gordon and justice a fair bit. Um, yes. Yes. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious. How do you find this sort of the process of having almost like a, a consistent team? I was actually, I was actually a full-time team, but that's. <laughs> so this. Gordon, um, if you look at my
1: products, I think every product uh, starting with the little astronaut. That's like the little kid, yeah. three year old adventure. Um, it's a one-on-one, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh,
0: we spent all this time talking uh, about Blood
1: Hunter when you yeah.
0: been we talking about the astronaut.
1: <laughs> so, um, I started working with Gordon, uh, very early on there and he's done, he has done every product of mine and he'll continue to do every product of mine. Um, because he's great to work with. He is okay. a professional. He is a, a perfect at his craft design and graphic design and layout. And uh, he illustrates, he did the blood hunter illustrations and we can straws. He illustrated mm-hmm. as well. So he's someone that I get along with uh, really well. And it's funny, you know, the longer you work with people, you learn their quirks and their personalities. Yeah. Um, he has a very interesting personality, you know, <laughs> uh, but he's very gifted at what he does. So, you know, uh, we, we get along well in that regard. And uh, justice I've been working a lot with as well. Um, he brings a different set of, of, skills to the table. Um, again, he's very organized, very methodical, uh, and, and whatnot. So he helps refine things a lot. And so I enjoy working with him and I think, uh, it's good to build these core teams up because they're, they start off as just like collaborators, but then you become friends. Yeah. And then you have like the, uh, these friendships that go, you know, and you can translate to anything else just outside of D and D or, even in D D. Yeah um jeremy forbing's another one i collaborate with a lot he, he's really great so you know that's like part of our community because now when i go to conventions you know i'm like hey justice are you going to be there and he's like yeah And we're like all right we'll have you know dinner and we'll see each other and you get to start to they're not just people on the internet anymore you know yeah they're just they are friends that you can call and, and talk to um so i really enjoy that
0: and No, i must admit i think that's that's something that i've kind of enjoyed about at least both, both collaborating and then also doing these podcasts with collaborators. Because nine times out of ten this is actually the first time I've ever seen their face or heard their voice. <laughs> so it's 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 like, yeah. oh that's that's kinda of, kinda of, kinda of what they're like. Um and yeah it kinda kinda makes it more 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 real than than just being like, oh this is a person I worked with and I saw their comments on the side of a Google Docs. And that, that's that's my my uh-huh. idea of their existence is within Google Docs. <laughs> but I guess, okay, so to bring it around to the other side of the spectrum then, uh, about your sort of like creative process then, um, is there any sort of part of a project that you don't necessarily enjoy? Or uh, you, you did mention the end of the project wanting to <laughs> drown, drown a baby. Um, <laughs> I <don't know>. Yeah, <laughs> the
1: uh, uh, end of a, uh, parts that I don't really enjoy, I'm trying to think here. Um, I don't know if, it, there's not one particular that I like, there's not a part I can, point out and say that i just really dislike this part um i just know my weaknesses i'm not a good editor uh i never will be an editor so so maybe that's like uh, you know people are like hey proofread this like my brain um like my creative process my my brain i think is more cre- on the creative side like i was never good at math mm-hmm. i suck at it um so i think it goes down to like details maybe i don't know but like i miss small little details um so i don't like that like i don't like you know, and the thing is it when I work with Gordon, uh, it really, like, it's a pain in the ass because he's designing an InDesign. So every mistake I have or the editor doesn't see and then I don't proofread or if I change something after the editor um, and I didn't proofread, like, it, I, the work goes to him. So he's like, yeah, Why, why'd you do this? And so I have to get real. I guess I hate that part. Yeah. Like, I hate the... The fine tuning, because uh, not a word doc I can go and just make a change. Yeah,
0: to, uh, it it it, it moves the uh, the sort of the, the stress of the workload on onto someone else. And yeah, yeah, I think over oh, I, I recently went through a process where yeah, I we did our round of edits and stuff like that. We sent it off to the layout, and then we're just like, oh no, there's some have slipped through the cracks. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: that's it, not, you know, that's normal. Like you could have five people look at the same. Document and they're gonna. It's just weird, you know. There's always gonna be something.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think I'm very much the same. I think I'm slowly getting. The thing I find about being having worked with a lot of editors before is I identify what they catch me out on, and now I'm trying to catch myself. So basically, I think always before it was always wills. I I accidentally slipped a few wills um. in, in, like you know, oh the characters will. they will that. Um, and now now because I've been so trying so hard to avoid writing will. I sometimes use can instead. <laughs> so, so so now now from having like two editors like uh, on two different projects pick me up on my wheels and cans. I'm now laser focused yeah. that nice. Anytime I see that word I'm just like that that needs to go.
1: <laughs> good good see you're learning you're getting yeah. better there. That's Le-learn, all it's about.
0: Yeah. Learning slowly. Um no also no yeah no, it's, it's, yeah no, it's kind of it's kind of cool to hear that like we 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 we're, we're kind of similar in that sense towards like the the, the editing side of things. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, well, yeah, no. Keep keep moving, moving along along with the questions. And there's like a, a yeah. One of my my least favorite segues.
1: I was going to add one thing here oh, about uh, art, and it's not that I hate this. It's I think it's gotten it's a something for people to consider because art is a big pro- thing in many projects. Um, so some of my projects have rain have had very high art budgets for some. Okay, um, but my most successful products actually don't which is very interesting um well you can we can a actually has custom art uh, yeah. but it didn't cost a lot because you, i did royalty share there um so i'll say two things here for people if you work with artists or people that can illustrate and you have a consistent record of producing results in terms of your products sell you can make the case to share royalties i believe uh, because In the end when you do it um the royalty share actually in my case i've i actually pay them more with the royalty share than if i did a flat payment for their normal commission rates okay so i think uh if you're out there and you're a writer designer get your portfolio when it starts to become very you know solid and you have results go to artists and you know say hey i here's my proven results I can play it, pay you pay you flat, but if I paid you, you know, ten percent royalties, you're probably going to make more yeah. in the long run. And so you could do that. The second thing I'll say is um, the fall of Elterel uh, is a prime example. It's a beautiful, like, top shelf pro- looking product, right? Yeah. Um, the art budget for that I think was a, was a hundred bucks Jeez. or less. Um, because I learned there's a lot of you know everybody's like, where do I find art? Where do I find maps? So two things, uh, Shutterstock. I use all the time Uh, you find great artwork there commercial license and they're about $10 a pop. Uh, And the second one is a lot of cartographers have Patreons and you pay them 15 to 20 to 25 bucks a month, give or take the cartographer and you get access to their entire library of maps. And they're like Elvin tower, Miska Friedman. uh, You know, there's, there's a, there's a bunch more out there uh, that you can get these quality maps for For just a a patreon you know monthly subscription and so that really helps bring down the cost so at first uh i hated spending money on art so there you go the process i hated spending all the money on the art but now i found out how to reduce it uh tenfold in some cases and uh, make really great stuff so and that's where (laughs) the graphic designer comes in that's the last piece i learned a graphic designer can if i'm told i have two options huge art budget our huge graphic designer budget, I'll pick the graphic designer any day uh, because they tie everything together.
0: Yeah, uh, no, I was going to say, so I think I th- it's, it's, it's kind of fascinating as well, you sort of see the, almost the, the arc of like creators as they go through the process and obviously they build up their catalog and be able to sort of like, you know, either have a larger <coughs> art budget or sort of bring more people on. Um, yep. That that just just from from doing, going from the process of doing layout yourself to getting someone on board to do layout, it it, does, it almost feels like night and day uh between the, the, the results and how every part of the document sort of flows um also like what was it most most sort of uh, graphic designers or layout artists their ability to necessarily not even if you don't provide art they find the filler art for you um and they could yes. just sort of, they, they 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 again rather than either like either one of us going through shutterstock and trying to find that right that perfect image of like a sunset they've already got like i don't know <laughs> three three yeah. other libraries that have like I don't know just just the the perfect images um yeah no it's no yeah i no i understand i i I agree (laughs) with that i think and i think that's another thing as well is like it's 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 as as people starting their career and when it comes to writing the Guild, it is always that sort of like balancing act of like okay well how much do i want to commit to how well is this going to sell because unfortunately you can't really can't really predict how well your first a few sort of books are going to go it's either it's just just the nature of yeah. it yeah. yeah
1: it's a crapshoot yeah it's a crapshoot you know mm-hmm.
0: and and it's kind of it's kind of fascinating as well to sort of hear about you know the all the people i've sort of managed to speak to across the um uh, the dms guild who have had like mix, middling success or like uh, huge success of their first title and how that sort of impacts their sort of like their motivation for future projects or vice versa, people who have like, essentially like a a slow start, but then they sort of build in confidence because they can see their growth and there's not really. Yeah, I think there was a point there somewhere, but I think I've made my point.
1: <laughs> no, no, I, I think the point is, you know, from, from what I'll tell people is every every creator's journey is different, mm-hmm. uh, this isn't, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about competition on a DM skill and blah, 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 but the reality is this. Um, the, the customer base is too big for any one person to monopolize it. You know, so like, you know, everybody's always talking about, oh, if this releases on this day, then what's gonna, like, at the end of the day, we're all drips in the bucket. The market is too big. Like, no one's gonna be that, you know, just swapping everything away. Um, so I don't look at it like competing with people. I, I'm not going, I'm not putting on my, my battle makeup and, you know, <laughs> getting my, my morning star out to go charge the DM skill because there's enough for everyone and i think that if we take it on like in fact i want more people to succeed on the dms guild because if they're succeeding they're bringing people in to that Mm -hmm. marketplace and they're and those customers are going to see my stuff so um you know it's not like cutthroat it's a friendly i think you know this is all for everyone the better the community is the better the products are the better the reputation dm's guild gets in there more customers come in and uh, we all benefit yeah. and um yeah you know so if you don't if you're not success, if you are not you are not getting a platinum on your first title like don't beat yourself up
0: that's yeah you know it's always it they always say uh, the dm's guild or Protestant, they have a long trail just you know <laughs> sure even do. if even if it takes uh-huh. like you know 10 years it, eventually you'll get there There's a fight with like one purchase every every few there years you go. <laughs> um, but no, so, so I guess uh, sort of keep bringing around the sort of like the end of the questions about your creative process. Is there any particular lessons that you wish you had learned earlier?
1: Okay, good question. Um, the lessons I wish I knew is, um, and I'm, so when I speak, I want people to understand too where I'm coming from. Um, Uh, You know, I'm in the military, I have a a, a very healthy income stream, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, that is not endangered even in times like this, okay? Um, So I I've learned that my ability to give back is very important. Um, What I mean is when I work on projects, when I hire a graphic designer, um, I'm paying bills for them that month, you know, when I hire an artist, when I hire an editor. And, um, I think that's why I have to understand two things. Um, pricing fairly my products so that I can continue to afford to hire other creators mm-hmm. because other creators who are not doing this as a hobby and are doing this to put food on the table or pay the rent, I can contribute to their success financially. Um, if I continue to have high produced products that require a lot of other people to work on them, um, and, and also the customers uh, come to accept and appreciate that and come to the DMs Guild for that type of stuff. So what I'm getting at is I don't, I don't think as creators we need to undersell ourselves um, mm-hmm. because you're not getting what you're worth. Uh, and, and then you're also, by preventing your own financial success, you're kind of preventing the financial success of others around you. Uh, What I mean is you're not hiring them. You're not working with them. You're not collaborating with them. So the more I can do that as a creator, like the more I can give back to the community in that way, I think it's very important. And I would challenge other creators that have the means financially to do that, to like step up to the plate and do that, to make sure that their prices are fair and to bring on other people to work on their project because you're, you're giving back to the hobby and you're giving back to the community that we love,
0: you know? No, that's that's that, that, that's that's sort of solid advice, and I think almost like touching on something you sort of said earlier about talking about the DMs guild community not necessarily being cutthroat. Or I think we are very fortunate that you know the DMs guild community as a whole is 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 a, it's an amazing community. I think um, absolutely. I think I, honestly, there's 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 so many lovely people in it, and um, it's something that I think the longer you sort of stick around, you yeah, you you start to recognize names um and you can sort of see the the work so when a sort of project comes along that has so many sort of like um so many names involved into it and you can sort of see that it's like a labor of love you can sort of see that this is this is going to be good for the whole community so uh, the uh, was it the um high tides raise all ships yeah yeah absolutely that's that's, that's, that's that's all a beautiful thing um any any sort of particularly um like any particular creative lessons that you kind of wish you learned from like a like nitty gritty designy stuff?
1: Yeah. Um, I would say from a design. Okay. So design insights. Let's see. Uh, do the unexpected, you know, take, um, make things larger than life. You know, uh, if you're, and, and just think of things as like, if I'm a player, what would be different? So I'll give you an example. My air of work is verse one first thing I the first major adventure I wrote something so simple that I think is very important is every time you play an adventure it starts out with you get a quest you go take care of that thing and then you win right it's like the three things so uh verse one you get hired to go you start off with like a, a letter to go to the quest giver but the quest giver are devils they're 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 evil uh but you don't know that. You're a player. You got your note. You're yeah. going to do your quest. So you get stopped by a group of knights, holy knights, and they know you're going to see these evil people and they stop your carriage and they threaten that you're evildoers and they're going to slay you if you don't stop. So, you know, normally the good guys aren't the ones stopping you to go accomplish your quest. So a lot of people end up killing these knights. Um, yeah. Funny enough. <laughs> so the moral of the story, is, and they end up working for these bad people and they do their bidding. But the, the moral is, like something so simple of just changing little aspects of an adventure, like maybe the quest giver is bad, or maybe the quest going to meet the quest giver isn't really the point of this quest. Maybe it's something else. Yeah, uh, it just it makes things unpredictable to the players because if you're uh, if players and DMs at the table are running the same type of stuff over and over, there's nothing different yeah. about it. Um, and I think that'll make you successful again. You look at Air of Orcus, it has all that different stuff in it, Weekend at Strahd's different, Bloodhunter, different. I'm always looking for what is going to bring something different and unique to a table uh, that people will want to enjoy and play and run and have a unique experience. So when you design, take what you know, steal from uh, inspiration from movies, books, whatever, and then make it your own.
0: No, that's again, again, like a solid advice. I think I know that at least from my, my, like my past and stuff like that, sometimes I have fallen into the trap of just like, um, just not making things whimsical enough you know, uh, using sort of like, a sort of, you know, uh, exciting locations, exciting characters, but then, um, I could like placing them in a manner when so I could place them in a manner or maybe you could put them manner yeah. on like a, I don't know, like a, on like a, on, on the edge of a hill that <laughs> every three, three hours, there's a storm that rolls by. I don't know. like, we're in, <laughs> yeah. we're in a we're in fantasy world. We can do anything. We want to make, yeah. make things exciting and stand out. Um, but that's something that, you know, uh, I, I, what I think I've learned. I will see. We'll see how things go in the next few months or so.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, hey, look. You know, obviously, you're doing. You're doing great stuff, and and you've talked a few times and hear the lessons you've learned, and and we all that. No one starts out like, hey, I wrote my first adventure. and Now I'm hired by Wizards of the Coast, and look at me. Like yeah. that's just not reality. You know, they, you look at like Empty Black. He started in 2016, and he put out like he was just pumping stuff out. Boom, boom. Yeah. boom. So, I mean. Even if you look at our best creators, they don't start off, you know, where they're at now. They, they, they. There's a journey. There's a quest. We level up yeah. as we go along,
0: and then and we so, find out the quest giver's evil. And then, yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, bamboozled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, awesome. Um, no, I, I'm,
0: no, yeah, no. I, I, all, all, all sorts of solid advice, and I think, yeah, the, the the idea that this is, you know, this is, this is we're, one. We're all in this together. Um, and you know, we learn as we go and you know, if you can sort of bring people up as you go, it's, we're we're all the better for it. Um, and that sort of actually brings me into the, the sort of the final set of questions, which is all about, you know, looking ahead and you know, the, the EMS Guild community as a whole. Um, you mentioned that you're doing this, um, sort of like, um, uh, Jack Black inspired, uh, one-on-one bard. Um, do you have any sort of like other sort of like dream projects or things in, in the works that you're working on? Um, that,
1: that you're happy to share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I'll, I'll be honest, you know, everybody has different motivations for doing what they're doing. Um, dream where like the dream of where I'd end up with doing this would be writing for Wizards of the Coast. Um, mm-hmm. Because I have, I have, again, I'm in the military. Like I'm not, I have to be in the military for another eight and a half years uh, before I can retire. So, and get my pension. So I'll be doing that. Um, so yeah, so dream job would be that, you know, working for wizards, doing, uh, what I mean, working probably as a contracted free, you know, freelance writer yeah. or something. Um, and then, uh, I am currently working on a pretty big project right now. That's hopefully going to come out this month, uh, by the end of April. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will announce it. It's I, I, that's the one I'm working on with justice. So I think he's mentioned that. Before uh, Gordon's on that one, Jeremy Forbing, and there's a few other names which will be surprises that we'll announce uh, soon. But uh, that's been a in the works since January. Excuse me. Um, and I am right now also working on another Adventures League uh, nice. community created content, which will premiere in the fall, hopefully. Um, so that and then, so outside of that, that's kind of currently what I'm working on at the okay. moment.
0: No, exciting. And then I, I imagine I, I use the sort of, um, like, the sort of creator that kind of likes to c- keep one project on, like, like one main project on the go at any time, or are you, like, do you like to juggle, like, a lot of plates?
1: No, I'll only have two projects maximum. Yeah. Uh, usually it's one, very rare. Like, if it's two, it's, like, overlapping, like, this one's ending, it's in the final stage, yeah. and then I have the other one I'm starting. But I, for me, it's just one at a time. Uh, that's all the bandwidth I can really do. Again, military, uh, father of three, married. Yeah, you know, no. you know, I got I to I make sure I'm successful in all aspects of life. I don't want to just be like the deadbeat dad who's good at DMs Guild. You know, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, no, I,
0: I, be, I want to be good at everything. The, the, the sort of the quality of your products that come out, they, they definitely sort of do have that sort of like labor of love. And that sort of like, yeah. you know, they, when, when you are working on something, it is your like sort full dedication of the hours of the day that you have available to dedicate towards it. Correct. Right. <laughs> but no, so I guess, um, no, awesome. So, so, so basically we, the, the inspiration is to keep an eye on, on this space for the end of the month for something exciting. Um, yes. and then do you know, so I, 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 don't know how it exactly works with, um, was it community created content for the eventually is, is it's premiering in, in sort of form. Oh, is that the so, case of like, you're not allowed to say anything necessarily about it or? Um, so the convention that I'm
1: working with uh, is gonna put out an announcement. And ah, so yes. uh, I have to kind of, it's, so it's interesting when you do com- uh, community created content, you're working with a con, It's you're kind of like contracted to that con. It's, oh, okay. it's odd in a way for some creators because when you publish your adventure on DMs, you're like, I'm in control, I do whatever I want and it's done.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, with the convention stuff the convention kind of tells me what to write they, they give me like an outline we want this kind of story and then i produce it um that way so it's a little bit different there's a little bit more overhead oversight if you will mm-hmm. uh, but i enjoy it because i like doing that stuff yeah,
0: yeah no of course yeah i think was it so my own experience is is i, I during the like, right at the start i did write an adventure for a ccc but it was like a um sort of um they want they were asking for submissions. So was it I applied with it, and then yeah, also they, they only have limited spots per, per year. So no, it was it was, it was an interesting yep. interesting process. But no, it's kind of interesting to to hear about that side that you know I don't necessarily engage with. But um, but we I, yeah, I think it's 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 definitely on my to do list to try and get involved with these. Good and yeah,
1: it it, sh- it should it should I, I think every creator should give it a shot yeah. um, and do it at least once and yeah. see what it's like because I- there's a lot of opportunity.
0: I think the trade-off I have, we have is obviously there's a lot of conventions over in the U S Less, less so in England. There are, there are some, but it's, it's a case of like having to engage in the online only cons or, you know, uh, what, what, so what,
1: all my, all my uh, Arab workers, uh, adventures for the AL stuff, they're all online conventions by the way. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, for, for creators out there that are geographically separated, um, Australia, there's a guy, Michael Balin who he's like the king of online conventions. and he. <laughs> Uh, I know a grand is now also getting very involved with online conventions. So reach out to them. Uh, and you know, for other creators out there, there might be some CCC opportunities
0: yeah. for you. Just, you know, uh, was it, uh do, do some refresher courses and how to, you know, use raw 20 to its fullest potential and then, <laughs> and you then yeah, you'll be, you'll be giggling. Um, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, so speaking about the community as a whole, then, um, who I'll, I'll, I like, I always ask who, who if there is anyone in the, the DMs Guild community that inspires you. Uh, but I, I always feel like it's, you can never really just say one person. <laughs> it's, it's the case of like, there's there's so many great people, but were there anyone in particular that you wanted to sort of like shout out and?
1: Um, so I'll kind of do buckets, yeah, if no, you will. I mean, I'll do buckets of people. Um, I really admire the DMs Guild uh, Discord community uh, advisor, uh admins, yeah. the admin team. Uh, puts up with so much extra stuff that like they're not getting paid to do that. And they're mm-hmm. just kind of like overseeing this community on Discord uh, that's thriving and brings in a lot of new creators. I think they deserve a lot. A shout out. Um, I, I think the, you know, Lisa Penrose, she's done amazing stuff for DMs Guild. Um, the development of the website is coming along. Yeah. So I'm very happy about that. Um, I think the, the guild ad program is, is something that gives my, me uh, an aspiration, something to aspire to. Yeah. Again, uh, uh, I just do this because I, I enjoy it. And the Watts is kind of like the lane I see myself staying in. Uh, so that's kind of like really cool to see that there's at least some light in the, the tunnel, maybe for some of us um, that want to do that. Um, and, and just uh, there's not been a, there has not really been a person on in the DM's Go community that has been just like a jerk to to, uh, to me or or to others that I've seen like just blatant. There are problem cases, there's situations that arise that are problems, but they're handled like very quickly, yeah. and the community kind of rallies around uh, whatever issue there is, and and it's hashed out. Boom. So that's very inspiring as well. Um, so, but it, and again, I urge anyone who just watches these videos. Like if there's one community to get started in writing tabletop, it's in the DMs guild. The yeah. people are amazing. They're it's a diverse group. Uh there's not like it's not just like, you know, a, b- a bunch of people of one type of thinking. It's it's just a plethora. It's a guard. So uh yeah.
0: And, yeah. and there are like so many nice nicer ways, like again with as the community continue grows, is there there are so many people when doing like efforts to onboard new creators, um, looking at like what is it the RPG Writers Workshop. Um, there is, um, I know uh, with Adam in the community he does things where like he tries to bring, bring in as many first time writers onto like a project each time. Yeah. Um, and, yeah.
1: Adam, yeah. I mean, Adam does great work. Uh, you know, Brittany uh, Hayes, always doing stuff. Yep. Uh, Laura there, you know, uh, and, um, you know, just, again, the people I work with all the time, Justice, uh, Armin, he does a lot of great stuff. Uh, he believes he edited uh, your, 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 uh, Volo's Guides and Murder. coming yes, out, right? Yes, which,
0: which actually was it. So when this podcast comes out, uh, it, it releases tomorrow, uh, which is Monday. But this podcast yeah. will be coming out on Thursday. So it's already out. Um, already a platinum bestseller. Oh, it's out.
1: Yeah, go I buy can't it. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I, will, uh, I will make sure. I saw start. it. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you very much.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But,
0: but yeah, no, no. I, yeah, it is a case of like anytime I always, I always, anytime I ask if it is a case of like, yeah, there's there's so many amazing people. And, and you know, I think yeah. what's great yeah, is. You get a lot different. of good. Yeah, just to sort of like shout, 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 shout out, and just like everyone's, everyone's sort of great. Um, yeah, 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 no, it's it's nice. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I, I, sorry, just I'm looking at that, the sort of the remaining questions, and and towards it, it feels like we are we're coming up to the 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 end end of our hour. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I kind of I still want to ask, and it's it's, I think I think more and more impressively and stuff like that. I think like, oh, I, I, one last quick thing. Um, how did you find the your experience on working on the uh Dungeon Masters Guild design dash Oh that was uh very fun i really enjoyed
1: that experience um i had a great time again so if you watch that you actually see my process um literally when i started writing i and i i did it after it was about 515 words in that time span mm-hmm. And it was very. It was started off just like narrative, like you would read in a module. Um, that's how I write. I don't do the outline bullet yeah. point stuff. So uh, I enjoyed that. Had fun. And uh, Mackenzie, it was a tough fight. I, I was going hard yeah. on Twitter <laughs> to like you know uh, get the vote out, but she crushed. She crushed me. So kudos to her. Um, <laughs> yeah, she she deserved that one. Yeah. She really uh, did well.
0: No, it's, it's kind of fascinating. Like, especially like it's it, it's such such a such an interesting idea. And every was every every fortnight when it sort of like pops up, it's always like this is this this is this is got awesome to sort of see where you know uh, Craig has come in and just sort of flex. I don't know if flex is the right word, but just sort of you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a great. I think
1: it's a great uh, show. They should keep running for for the community. It's awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, so yeah, so so with 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 that pretty much all my sort of questions aside and stuff at for people who are obviously incredibly um, like interested in everything that you're creating and stuff at, what's the best way for them to sort of keep in track and, and stay up to date with everything that you're sort of releasing?
1: So um, my online presence is mainly on Twitter uh, and that's at Thrawn589 on Twitter. You'll find me. I have a new website that manages my portfolio and there's a way to find my Twitter and my email through there as well. And that's anthonydreams.com. But um, what you'll see me do on Twitter it's usually like 98% all Dungeons & Dragons stuff. Um, I focus on that. I, I've started to do a lot of community giveaways um, using my DMs Guild earn, earnings because I'm like, hey, you know, I'm lucky enough to like uh, – actually, I'll tell you a funny story. Okay. So I, I when I did my first giveaway, I was just doing it to like, you know, hey, here's the thing. But just the amount of people that are like, man, I really wish I could – own a Dungeons and masters guide, or I really wish I could get the, the new critical role book um, you know it really strike a chord with me and that's what it that 's why it, it it's a, something that I think uh, other people should consider is you know I have uh, all the d and d books I have all the d and d beyond books I have them on roll 20 and to me it's like whatever I have them um, but for other people that's like a luxury and a privilege and and, and, and people you know would be would love to have that. So that's where I'm like, you know what, like this DM skilled money that I get and I earn, like I, it's good. I use it for, for stuff, uh, for fun to put back into projects, hiring people. Yep. Um, I use it to give away stuff to the community. So that's like my way of like, Hey, you know what? This community is awesome. And these, and everybody deserves to have like cool stuff. And um, I want to see creators in that community thrive and I want to see people like get products. So I started doing this. So I do giveaways now um, using my guild learnings uh to so just give back and then to you know hopefully sell uh, i generate more products to sell so i could hire more people to yeah. help them and it's,
0: it's it's a never-ending cycle of growth and, yeah. and community it's feedback like, right. yeah no i know I mean, I yeah. like I, it's it's kind of like i i i i try and use my oh, i i do use my deemed skilled earnings to sort of fund mechanism projects but it's nicer yeah. to think that not only can it fund my projects it can also not fund the community but you know be used towards that i think that's yeah, no, that's 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 awesome idea. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, I think, like I said, I think that that's pretty much like like it, yeah, just, I think that's just about everything we have time for. Um, I am going to quickly plug my product, if you don't mind. Uh, you know. It, no, it, it was you know, great.
1: It was great, by the way. Five stars
0: right now <laughs> Yeah, uh, you, you, listen, <laughs> I, you know, uh, I put in the effort of hosting a podcast. I'm allowed to show my own products uh, occasionally. Um, Hell yeah. yeah. Here we go. Plug <laughs> away. Uh, but no, so yeah. So the uh, the follows Guide to being uh, to Getting Murdered is now available in the DMs Guild. So uh, that was an amazing project that I got to work with um, on um, Justice with as uh, sort, of, sort of like an editor and sort of co-author, um, as well as Anne, who did the layout. And this is my first time working with a layout artist, which is amazing. Um as well as the artist uh, Doodlebags. I don't actually know their name, I only know their Twitter handle, uh, just because that's how we, we communicate. Okay. But, but either way, did some <laughs> f- a fantastic line art of, of everything. Um, so yeah, i uh, make sure there's a link in the description and I would be honored if you guys could uh, pick up that product because yeah, no, it, was, it was a fun product to finally, finally kill Volo. <laughs> we've, we've, one, uh, one, one quick thing here. uh I mean?
1: Matthew, if I, if I can, um, he was talking about uh, creative, creative design processes. Let me let's switch just for a second because oh, I'm the interviewer. Oh, I want no. to ask you one question real quick. So, what is the one thing from uh, that product that we uh, can expect and enjoy? Like, what will be a surprise? Oh,
0: so I, th- I I think uh, we put a lot of effort into making it replayable. So it's, it's it is a murder mystery where there's four different culprits, um, but the adventure can be played four different times with each of the culprits being the killer. Um, so there's a lot of twists and, ter- uh, twists and turns. You can throw as many red herrings as you want. There's a bucket full of red herrings, um, nice. and yeah, no. Is
1: it's, this it's, like a clue? Is this
0: like a clue? Uh, no, <laughs> but, but once it's actually not. No, um, no cool. and it, well, You know, um, so it's 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 very exciting. It's, it's yeah. No, I, I'm I'm kind of chuffed with it because it, basically the the funny enough the idea started on this podcast. I was chatting with uh, was it RP Davis, and we had like a, a runaway tangent tangent conversation talking about how we should sort of take. <laughs> Take the uh, DM like the official D and D like characters like Volo or Mordekainen and just sort of like put them in every adventure because as the DMs go we can do that we can use like so I was like yeah I'm just gonna take Volo and I'm gonna I'm gonna kill him I'm gonna I'm gonna do it and, <laughs> lo and behold it's been done I'm using I'm using the IP uh, to its fullest. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. No, it's always it the case know. of like when, when uh, the um, guests ask questions to in the interviewer, it's like, oh, no, I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> I'm, I'm meant to be the one yeah, well, asking no, I'm, I'm glad.
1: But yeah, there you go. So, I'm excited. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be picking that up. I sorry. I already did pick it up.
0: And uh, there, there you go. Time. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, to regain re- control, um, I have, I have yes, one last question I for you, Anthony. Um, any, any ideas on how to end a podcast? Um, I'm open to you know, open
1: to- I, I see you've uh you know you've asked this question right and yeah. so um uh, you know you, the the bold thing is to to say you know look I'm going to reveal to you my secret project
0: yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> you back all right another sort of hard cut. you know what? that's 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 pretty good cuz yeah. I do have I do have many yeah. many many secret projects um More importantly, the one, the one, I'm trying to think of like, which, which, which one do I want to spoil? Uh, Either way, it's really important. It's, it's, it's one big part. It contains